From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Good. Sounds horrible. You haven't improved at all since last year. I think he did place 15th out of 16 oh, yeah. contestants. At the uh, thing we did last year, yeah, G5. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Good morning. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring Gun, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, and Glenn. Glenn is here. So that must mean it's a very special day. You know what it is. Yes, it is. There's it no is. hunting in Georgia. Uh, well, yeah, that, that there's is always true. it's like Florida. There's always something to hunt in Georgia. I mean, they got. I think I, I, I'm almost thinking that they're going to take Florida as far as the most population in hogs. I, I've never seen so many hogs in one piece of ground. And I noticed you didn't shoot any of them. I'm gonna. T- I'll just no, say no, no, this: no, no, no. you didn't shoot any of them. Yes, I did. Well, well, I didn't see no pictures. No pictures, no proof. Isn't that what they always say? <laughs> After you shoot certain amount of hogs, yeah. it's like you stop taking pictures. <laughs> I will say this past hunting season, there was about seventy-five hogs taken between two people. On the Lisa, you're on. <laughs> Just on that one? Yeah, I might be exaggerating, but how probably big? What was the biggest? Three, was three or four people took that many hogs off there. What's the average size on them up there? Yeah, I'd say about 70 pounds. Well, so it was probably a young sounder that was moving through or something or just decided the, to hang out? No, there was plenty of big ones. But the average overall, <clears> when <throat> you take the little ones along with the big ones, you're just saying average. We'll just do the average weight, about 70 pounds. Well, that's not too bad. Now, I've seen a lot of them, the, a little bigger than a, a rabbit uh, <sighs> that was cleaned up, and, man, they tasted Listen, great. Sure yeah. they do. Why not? Throw them in the oven. Like I a roasting a whole chicken. Yeah. That, that has been some of the best little eating we ended up in a place right before a dog hunt came in and there was there was some right by the side of the road and we knew they weren't going to make it through that dog hunt so we went ahead and harvested them and let me tell you they are they are so tender they are so delicious harvested yeah, what'd you get out there with a john deere combine what, what do you mean harvested well them? it wasn't even pretty <laughs> well, I wanted to give everybody a heads up. We are out here again at the uh, Wild Game Dinner. It's happening today. We're broadcasting live. If you want to come by and visit us this morning and just come by and say hello or at least uh, pick out your park, uh, parking spot for a little bit later on, we're at the Countryside Baptist Church out here in uh, Dover, Florida. It's right off of Sydney Road. If you uh, come down, it's at the corner of Gallagher and Sydney Road. And every year we come out here and uh, it's always a great time had by all. It's a lot of great food. We got a classic car show that's going to be happening. Uh, plenty of room for the kids to run around, all that kind of good stuff. But I think for the most part, most people come out to be able to sample maybe something that they've never tried before. And this is always a great opportunity that's absolutely free. Doesn't cost you anything to get in here and park and hang out for the day. And uh, you can go by and uh, the most asked question when they get in line, if there's not a little sign out there, is, what is that? What 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 is that you got? What 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 do you have? Because you'll find uh, the the 
standard table fare that we usually have every year, which is like venison or uh, maybe some wild hog. Out, yeah, and then then ask afterwards because yeah. once you eat it, you'll be like, man, that is really good. What is that? And hey. they go, oh, it's alligator. Well, I've never had that before. That is really awesome. Well, each station is uh, they'll be identified. They got the signs up. Going to pretty much tell you what's at that particular. Yeah, table nobody food. pays attention to those because now, they're the standing in thing, line and eating. The only thing that I will say, I do not know what's in, is Mountain Man stew. Yeah, that's always a so, surprise every year. But we know it is Mountain Man stew. There's so much stuff in, in, in the ingredients of the Mountain Man stew that, number one, if he told you everything that was in it, you probably wouldn't eat it anyway. Well, that is true. Usually we used to get the one uh, exotic ingredient that we would hear from every year. I know one year we had uh, – my daughter was really excited to go back to school and tell everybody how much she, she had a uh, bear that she had eaten bear. And then uh, another year was uh, the beaver. And then, of course, uh, mountain lion we had one year. And uh, antelope, I think, was another one one year. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. And, of course, uh, things you may have had before, but maybe not outside that's really enjoyable. It was swamp cabbage, uh, hog, crawfish, alligator bites, dirty rice, squirrel and rice, frog legs. Always a staple out on the back porch to boil peanuts, which are awesomely delicious. Fish. Oh, they moved it to the front? Yes, it's up front. It'll be under the steeple. Oh, see, because they used to have it in the super secret location, and you kind of had to know where it was, you know? So, uh, Well, with the COVID situation and everything, we still want to uh, do the best we can to uh, make everybody let, allow everybody to come out and have a good time, feel comfortable about it. So, you know, that we change hey. things up. It'll be outside event, the guest well. speaker. Y'all ain't got nothing cool. to worry about when I go through downtown Plant City last night and they're having a Pokemon hunt and everybody's pretty much standing right on top of each other. Y'all are okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, but the thing is, again, it's just to allow everybody to come and have a great time and feel uh, comfortable about it. And uh, so it's going to be a great time. And, again, it starts at 3 o'clock. It's from yeah. 3 to 6 this afternoon. Uh, so you have plenty of time to get the, the leaves all raked up, bagged up, set out on the curb, and then make it out for an afternoon and- of looking at some really nice cars. we got a lot of people that have uh, really – I was here yesterday afternoon setting up, and people were coming just to make sure they knew where to come to bring their cars. You so, know, they gotta, so, like I said, pick out their spots. Yeah, to try to get in line, make sure everything's in order. Uh, but, yes, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a hot day. So uh, I don't think you could ask for a better day. Yeah, yeah it's going to be in the low 80s, but it's not going to be bad. Low humidity. Yeah. It's perfect. I mean, we got we got a little bit of fog out here this morning. It's beautiful. It's well, nice we hope cool. we have a, enough water uh, for everybody when they come. But uh, Culligan Water again stepped up this year and uh, furnished us the uh, water, so we should be good for hydration. Yeah, it'll and be all right. And we got plenty of food to sample. Well, now I asked Glenn, of course, before we went on the air. I said, "Are you doing uh, shell crackers and uh, crappie this year?" And then all of a sudden, he starts firing off a list this year. Uh, I mean, and so there's far, one thing on there that you can't get. Uh, that in would, Hillsborough County, anyways. Well, the first one he said, he goes, uh, we got trout, spotted trout. And I was like, trout? He goes, northern Pinellas trout. So you got, <laughs> Northern Pinellas isn't legal. Northern, no, this is up in Homosassa. Well, that's, you know, on the other side, uh, you know, northern Pinellas up there. So uh, you got uh, trout, specks, red snapper, grouper, catfish, bluegill, shell crackers, and bass. Uh, maybe if you... Channel cats and whatever else you can throw yeah. in the fryer. We got some so. channel cats, some speckled cats, and uh, even I think there's might there might be five now perch in the mix. Well, those will go quick. Yeah, they <laughs> will. Yeah. Those will, those will go fast. Get them over there. Get them out yeah. of the way. It's all good. Now the the one thing is a good friend of ours, and of course uh, 
Jonathan, he knows him. He goes to church with Jonathan out there at First Dover, and uh, he called me and said, hey, I have about 20, 30 pounds of bread snapper and grouper fillets. I said, man, where did you, did you get those? He said, a guy likes to go fishing, but he don't eat fish. Wow. I said, wow, that's a good friend to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want these? Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. I'll take well, those. Well, if you're not going to eat them. Yeah, but he, but he told me not to mention his name, so I didn't well, mention it. Well, that's all right. It's a good Jonathan donation. It's a good donation. Well, thirty pounds of snapper—that's cut into little nice bite-sized pieces. That yeah, could feed I, a lot of people. You, you'll know those by the squares. Yeah. You know, as thick as they are, you, <laughs> yeah. I just made little uh, square nuggets out of them. They'll fry up really good. And uh, man, it, I'm, I might try yeah. a few of them some before. More, be some more of those extinct fish that we don't have around any of the reefs or anything. Sure. Yeah, fish. there's only ten out there left. You know, they're out there with a Goliath grouper held up in a cave somewhere. <laughs> what, where are you getting the swamp cabbage now? Uh, Dave went and picked this up down at the reservation down in Okeechobee. He bought it from the guys down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, you know, it's a lot easier when you get it when it's about 80% cleaned. Yes, so it makes life easier. You just trim up the rest of it. So well, he took a trip, I think, on Thursday and drove down there and picked that up along with the, uh, I don't know, about 12 bushels of uh, corn. So we have nice. uh, corn on the cob again this year. Uh, so it's he, Fresh picked, he, he did a good trip. It's going to be a good one. I, you know, you ever, remember they used to clean all that cabbage out here in the back over where they had the archery and set up one time. I said, it looks like a palm tree murder scene out here, man. It's just like well, husks re- everywhere to get to that, you know, that heart, that piece in the middle. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is this piece of property we just got has a section that is loaded with cabbage palms that I'm going to be thinning out over time. You got a permit for that? I don't need a permit for that. Good. If you don't need it, save them. Chainsaw will be right there. Don't worry about it. I just need somebody to teach me how to cut it right. And it freezes up nice. All right, we're going to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live this morning out of Countryside Baptist Church out here on uh, Sydney Road over in Dover. We invite you to come on out and hang out with us this morning if you want to or hang out, wait until 3 o'clock and show up with the rest of everybody else. And then get in line for some of that free show cake. It's going to be delicious. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, and Glenn Kim. And we're out here broadcasting live this morning out at the Countryside Baptist Church out in Dover, getting ready for the, the Big Wild Game dinner that happens every uh, year, once a year, out here at this beautiful place, large facility. What year is this that we've been out here? Is this nine? This can't be However nine. However long you've been on air. Has it been, been nine? Here, we've been here. Uh, Ever since. Correct. It's been nine. I think this is number five. Four or five for me, so can't be nine years. Oh my god! Well, I remember the first time I brought my kids out here; they were just little bitty, little yeah. bitty old guys. It was good when around. they were here because they were helping uh, keep the mosquitoes down. Yeah, you know, a couple of times. <laughs> Young you know, blood. Didn't, we didn't have as many landing, you know, yeah. landing counts on each. You know, the more you had, the better your odds are for less. But Young blood sucking it up. You know, before the break, we were talking a little bit about one of the uh, things you can nosh on out here, which is the uh, swamp cabbage out here that. Is usually done by uh, getting to the heart of a nice cabbage palm. And Bill George was talking about cutting some out of the property that he's got running. And it kind of goes funny because I, I brought this to 
to talk to you. I was actually going to talk to you about this in, during the show, so now's a good time to do it. Um, there's a thing that Realtree put out there. You know, our buddy uh, Jay Everett back in the days, you know, when he was with DK Flatwoods and all that stuff, he went out when he moved away and uh, got that big chunk of land that he had. One of the first things he did was he started planting trees. And now this is, God, it's got to be at least 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of them are starting to produce. Some of them started their first year, things like that. And I think that's one of those things we've talked about here on the show before, how important it is to have certain trees on your property to either, A, continue to feed wildlife throughout the year, or, B, bring more wildlife into your property and keep them hanging around because of those certain trees. We all know about acorns here in the state of Florida. You know, you find a good oak tree that's got to produce a ton of them. You know, hogs move through, deer move through, then hogs and squirrel. I mean, everything moves through. But now this one here, they gave uh, Realtree gave the ten most popular ones that you should have on your property if you don't. Now some of these I don't know if they'll grow here in Florida, but some of them I know that they will. Uh, one of them I know that when I was a kid in uh, areas of Texas, everybody wanted one of these on their properties, which was a plum tree. Yes. Uh, if you, I, I guess they'll grow in Florida if they'll grow in the. Yeah, there's going to be some in North Florida here shortly. They'll be in uh, south in the south region of Texas and stuff. I wouldn't understand. I mean, they should be okay here. Winters are pretty yeah. light. Yeah. Some well, actually, some of those fruit trees need a good frost or good yeah. freeze. Yeah. That that's what helps set it. Yeah, but. I do know that. But well, the first one was the American uh, wild plum, as uh, one of them, and then uh, another one that they actually had listed on here was one that I've never found out in the woods, but apparently everybody here at this table persimmons. has. Persimmons. Persimmons. <laughs> it was a persimmons tree, you know. Uh, deer love them. Hogs love them, especially when they get a little sour and they get on the ground, start producing a little of that alcohol. They start moving in there a little bit and fill up on those. And then, uh, I don't know, honey locust. That's. No, yeah. I think that's more because of the – Flowers that it produces, right? Well, the pods. Yeah. And the pods, yeah. they really like the crud out of them, so they sit there and eat them up. And then uh, number four that they have on the list, I grew up eating as a kid, crab apples. You know, crab apple tree out there, sour when they're young and kind of weird when it, they're it, older. You yeah, know, they're still sour when they're older. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on the variety. Uh, I don't know if they'll grow here. Will they they'll, grow here? Yeah. Uh, another suggestion was any kind of apple or pear tree. And now that one, I think, is it like peaches where you do have to have a certain amount of cold, right? Apple, apples generally need a freeze. Um, Pears, and, not and so pe- much. But yeah. but there are varieties um, yeah. that they are doing that are, are conducive to being in this part of the state. Southern varieties. But where, I, where I'm out just a little hour north of here, it turns around and it gets much colder an hour sure. north of it here than it does here. Yeah, I think Jonathan would have a better uh, chance of getting all these things growing out there where he is than it is uh, for down, 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 down south. Number five is white oak, which everybody loves because of the big giant faggoty acorns they got on there. Red oak is another one that's uh, always a good producer as well. Uh, any kind of hickory or pecan tree. You know, I got lots of hickory from what I understand. Well, that means you got a good squirrel population too. Yeah, I'm they, sure they, they so. love them. Uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna be booming on that one. Uh, eight is the beach, American beach. Hmm. Don't know about those. I guess that's a northern thing. What about up uh, in Pennsylvania? Uh, we have a lot of beach up there, and it, 
the deer like them. They make nuts, right? Beech nuts? Yeah. I mean, uh, is it kind of like a hickory nut or no, uh, no. like an acorn? No, it's a little bitty thing. What do you mean a little bitty thing? A little thing. Like an acorn. Like a small acorn? No, I, no. It's small. You never ate one Go before? Go look it up. Well, Google it. Google. <laughs> you, ain't never, you ain't never chewed on any chestnut? of that beech nut? Well, I did, but it was different. <laughs> Wintergreen. Uh, chestnut hybrid. I didn't think we I, had any chestnuts I, left here in the United I, States, but uh, the hmm. chestnut hybrid tree. And I think I think he, uh, Jay might have put some of those out on his property. I know he put white oaks out there. The funny thing is I just heard uh, a guy, I don't know if he'll be coming next week uh, to the turkey event or not, but he's managing some property in Georgia, and he just ripped out a bunch of persimmon trees and everything. Maybe they're overgrown or something. I, you know, Who I guess knows? they can overpopulate he, anything. He, he was putting in food plots and ripped out a bunch of persimmon trees. Well, and the last on the list is one that, of course, Tom Free spent two years eliminating off of his property. Cedars? Cedars, which is the red cedars, uh, you know, getting them out of there. Because out there where he is in Missouri – it's almost like mesquite in Texas. They will literally take over well, they everything. Take over well, they take over everything. Underneath it. Yeah, and it is. Nothing grows underneath it. So. I wonder I wonder if the reason for the cedar trees being desirable is for cover. Um, cover. Bedding. Cover. Covers only. That's all they there's no really benefit to it's them. It's a wasteland underneath them. Yeah, they don't there's no real food source to them, but it is a place for shelter and raising babies or at least a place to they can run to. I know that uh, out of Missouri, if those deer get spooked out there, and there's a stand of cedars, there's trails, and you get in there, it's like a like it's like a corn maze. There's no way you're going to find anything in there. Plus, yeah. when they lay down, they got a better view. They can kind of see things oh, moving around, and you can hear anything. So, I, I, you know, I mean, they're in there, and they're in the middle of those things hanging out, and they're like, Ehh. well, and how many times have any of us been out in the woods? You be, I guess, caught in a rainstorm or something like that. What's the first kind of a tree you're looking for? Or something cedar. like a cedar or something like that because of the Get camping. underneath it. So Yeah, or get out of the wind. It's but always in Florida you gotta have all those cabbage palms Bill's talking about <laughs> taking down, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so are you were you planning on doing anything like that, uh, as an improvement for any of that property? Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, you should go I, to historic. I just like I just like this and I said this during the break. Welcome. Welcome to the land management family, and all I can say is, is it will you think, you think the hunting side of it, you think about it twenty four seven. Wait till you start managing a piece of property because you're always constantly thinking, okay, if I do this, it'll help this. If I don't do this, it won't. Well, How come? Have you uh, have you talked to Jonathan about getting that pecan pecan peacock hit? What is it? Pecan. Whatever. I have I have talked briefly about that. That thing will uh, uh, just... A grown, uh, a grown fella's uh, Tonka toy. That thing will eat now, up that, everything. Is that what you have over there at the uh, Polk County side of life? I used it last year. Okay. so And it's uh, actually rode through... Good. Me and Dad rode through 75% of what I did last year, and it still hasn't come back. So that's <laughs> got some well, good shooting lanes now. The, that's dev- all. the yes. devastating head. Well, when you say it hasn't come back, you mulched. Basically, the, this machine is a, a mulcher. It'll yes. go and mow over anything and everything just about. So all the you went through some palmettos. And you took it down? Well, to- we had the Brazilian. I call them the Brazilian pepper trees. Okay. Oh, those things are like horrible. That. And what I like about it, I mean, and this is what I try to tell people, you can, you know this as well as anybody now doing it, 
yeah, you can get the tractor and the bush hog out there, and you can dig stuff up. And you, I mean, what it costs versus the amount that you can get done, because with, like, this implement, I could walk just about walk up to that oak tree right there, and in 20 minutes, there's a pile of mulch standing there. I mean, it takes the tops out. You can take the trunks out, and then – stump everything all in one package so but, but burn the, it first then go do it but the thing is if you turn around and you where you mulched and you mulch palmettos and that mm-hmm. now obviously you don't have a palmetto field mm-hmm. but are you getting a bunch of sprouts of palmetto oh, yeah. coming up oh yeah all the well the grass the browse the briars stuff like that is a all that is coming back a lot better because you got to use what you got, but that's the problem with those Brazilian pepper trees and all that. It's just like palmettos or anything else. Once they move in, it was like what you said. Once they move in, they take over and they choke everything else out. No light. Nothing grows and underneath them. that's the biggest problem. So are your neighbors mad that you're going to be planting nothing but blackberries and kudzu up there to replace all that stuff? Air potatoes, all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're not, you're not bringing in some of that Georgia kudzu so you can no. uh, get some plenty of cover there? No. Oh, good for you. No. The the list no. that you read, there's probably three or four of those trees that are going to be implemented into the pine trees. Listen, that are be sure. Why not? He's got a nice row of corn. He's going to take that pecan stuff in about, oh, about a week, <laughs> run over those corn stalks, <laughs> and, and if, if for some reason there's a bunch of shredded up corn there, I don't know what you're talking about. That that it, it, it was not placed there as part of an agricultural activity. I, last thing, last time I checked, we're just cutting it in to put the cover crop in. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Does that work for like white top millet and stuff like that too? Can you maybe go there with a fecon and kind of trim it all back down again and uh, move hey, it around? Hey, clover or anything like that. Bush hogs, great thing to have. I'm talking about for those winged insects that fly through certain times of the year. That's all I'm asking. I, just like I said. Asking for a friend that's sitting I, at the all, end of the table. All you're doing is regenerating your growth. Ah, you're there that's right. It's an annual. I got it. I understand. Sounds good. Maintenance. Uh, ma- maintenance. Well, how much of that area are you going to actually produce? Are you going to try to uh, – Knock out some field area or anything in there, or are you just going to? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove undergrowth, try and get browse down at the low level because a lot of it is mature oaks and hickory and some light palmettos underneath. I'm going to try and work at getting some of that browse down at the low level. And um, What kind of browse? You going to go out there and put some huckleberries or something in there? No, whatever, whatever's natural. I'm yeah. Gonna, the briar, the the your briars and stuff like that. I have people that look at me and laugh when I sit there and tell them that there's certain patches of briars and everything on up, especially up there at the woods, that I fertilize, fertilize it <laughs> and everything else. And they're just like, "Why are you fertilizing briars and all that?" I'm like, uh, "Have you ever seen them when the berries are on them? Where the yeah, they love it." <laughs> Put those palmetto patches that you got out there. Just go around the edges of them and plant some honeysuckles on there and just let them take it over. Just take a big, over. giant mound. 
That way it knocks down your palmettos and uh, brings a lot of stuff in that deer love to snacky snack on. So I want to try good. and create a lot of edges, a lot of a lot of thick areas. Travel and corridors. Areas. It'll know. look like Cypress Gardens in a year. Good for you, Bill George. That's the way my wife's bayhead is. Oh, <laughs> nice. All right, taking a break. Broadcasting live out here at Countryside Baptist Church. Wild game dinner's happening today at 3 o'clock. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Fowlett. Stay there. You didn't take his mouth call. Where did you get this one? I, I you can't. I you can't you hear you. you. We're on the air, and I can't uh, hear you at all. Wild turkey. You didn't do. A, you didn't do a Will Primos like he used to say. He used to sell his mouth calls in a big cookie jar sitting on the counter. Somebody take one, try it out, and throw it back in if they didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, who, who made this one? Whose is this? Look on the striker. On the striker. Natural addiction? Natural addiction. What is this stone? This is a weird slate. It's uh It's not slate. What is it? Um because it doesn't need to be scratched uh, or anything. It's not rough. Thank you. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's very nice. And I like I like a slate call. Um Uh, I I like the natural the natural slate. It's quieter. I'm I can get a little bit different uh softer call out of it. Um and I find it's easier for me to run. So, this, this seems very high pitched compared to slate. It's a lot higher pitched than, than your standard gray slate well, or even glass. I can tell you, I will still be in the woods with my very cheap plastic slate call that is uh, falling apart, mm-hmm. um, because I have killed a lot of turkeys with it, and you don't have to call a lot. You know, this this coming week. Well. Right now, this morning, there's probably some dead turkeys in Florida. Right? I'm hoping yeah. I get somewhere uh, text here shortly. So, who do you know? It's out. A uh, family member is on right now. Is uh, family member? What does that mean? Your dad, auntie, your mom, your daughter, nephew, your wife? What? Ne- nephew is on the Seminole Reservation right now. Oh, the Seminole Reservation. Which so, one? The uh, Brighton. Oh, really? Yep. That's a good spot down there. I like this one, the, Bill George. I the, think I think you lost it. I think it may have fallen on the ground and and, and broke. Sorry. Can I tell you the most important thing I can tell you about the Seminole Reservation in Brighton? Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? What's my best you advice? Tell, you tell me because we've probably both been there about the same. There are some monster sea serpent rattlesnakes on that reservation. Oh, I can tell you that. Don't speed. Yeah. Oh yeah, five yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless of course you live there. And then, uh, you know, then you can go 89. No, I was about to say, the trick to that is, there is one thing I was fixed to say. The trick to that is, when you go down there, you ride around ride with, with the, the native friends that you have. Yeah, ride with a native. Yeah. I, uh, I I remember that going down to uh, Billy's place down there on the Miccosukee, and we're all driving five miles an hour, and as soon as you jump on a swamp machine with them, you're going 65 down the road. So, you know, yeah. and as long as you're riding with them, and you're like, dude, <laughs> you know, you sound like the worst person on the planet. You're like, hey, man. You're not supposed to be going this fast. And they give you that look like, this is our land. We can do whatever we want to here. It is not. It is hot. You know what? You go tell them that. It is not. Go ahead. I I dealt with that a little while back, and there's some stuff. There's very specific things they can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can go out year-round and kill an alligator for for food. But 
in 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 some of the other stuff um, there there was some stuff that was happening at one point where alligators were showing up in people's garages and this and that and they were traced back to the reservation and and there's there was a lot of big stink about that because they left the reservation because they left the reservation yeah 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 what and, stays on does it's like vegas yeah, trust me, man. I know. I hang with those people, and it does, it's totally different, totally different world. Uh, and they will tell you directly it that uh, it's their land, and uh, they get to do what they want. They they really don't have cause blanc. Yeah, they may, but it, it's actually not their land. It still belongs to the state. They just have. We're talking about of, the Seminoles. Yes. Yeah, the same yes. people who never the only go. the only Indian nation that's never been defeated. So, uh, you know what their attitude is on that? Bring it. <laughs> Don't sing it, bring it. <laughs> It'll be the same old, same old. Come I mean, find us. Yeah. Good luck. It's all good. It's, it's all good. Well, uh, Nick decided to come by for what reason? I have no what? idea. They- he lives right down the street here and uh, came came cruising up on his beach cruiser like some stoner from Colorado. Well, What's up, dudes? What's up, man? With the shorts and his facial hair. And uh, what are you, undercover these days? I, I, a foot I, floppy? I saw, I saw some really nice pictures of some deer uh, not too long ago. That uh, Oh, wait. Stand in the salute, boys. Yeah, but see, now this one here you got to love because, you know, he actually has some nice quality flip-flops on. As a well, connoisseur, as a connoisseur these are just new. I, I would these, say these new really, is not quality. But these are uh, – The last pair was eight years old and just That's kind what of, I'm saying. Well, who, yeah. who makes those? Reef. That's right. Reef ones, and they're really nice, and they last quite a bit eight longer. Years. <laughs> or until you lose one. I finally blew out mine, as Jimmy Buffett says, and I think I had those for almost 12 years. Yeah. So – when you first buy them, and you're like forty five dollars for flip flops out of your out of your mind. Well, you can, I get them for two bucks. Them. Yeah. I get them for two bucks at the at the, the hobby store. Yeah, blisters. Well, yeah, and not only that, <laughs> but they last twelve years, exactly. so it's all good. There you go. Well, how's life, man? Good. I was talking to Bill. Got back. Uh, went to Texas in January. I saw the pictures. Got a small dusting of snow. Nothing like they got last week. And they shut down a regional airport and had to drive five hours to Dallas just to make our flight out of here. Wait, but now where were you? San Angelo. Oh yeah, nice. Okay. West Central is. I mean, that was my first time outside of the airport in Texas, so it was. I got the full experience. So you were over there in the uh, part of Texas. My dad always used to say, "Where everything has thorns." Yeah. Where he's like, you know, you can't walk through this place without something sticking to you. Every, on the ground or on the wind side. Wind turbines and big deer. That's <laughs> Everything. it. It's all out there. And huge deer. Another one where you look at it and you go, there's rocks. There's mesquite. There's scrubby crud with thorns all over it. How are these dang deer getting to be so huge? There's some studs. I you mean, yeah. don't realize how much protein and how much is in every mesquite bean. It's unbelievable the nutritional value of those things. Yeah. And, and cactus. And, and certain cactus as well. So did you get to bring it back home, or as Bill George will point out, it had to be completely clean and packaged and of course. and all yeah. that good well, stuff? that's the funny part. Due to what happened last week, it's still not back home. So, And it's the good part is it's not thawed because <laughs> nothing out there is. <laughs> that's but, uh, true. That's the, good, that's the silver lining, I guess. Hey, I love it when somebody goes somewhere and kills a big deer, and it's now, now he speaks of it as it's a – a family member. It's not, oh. home. it's not home yet. Yeah. It's not home yet. It's not home yet. <laughs> it's not home yet. <laughs> well, and, now and you notice I didn't bring my wife down today because the office I, is going to have uh, I got you. some new, new well, stuff to go I with her diplomas. You, I got to ask you this. Was this the 
first one you saw of the day or the last one you saw of the hunt, or was it one of the smaller ones? Because you know there's bigger ones out there. For sure. And that was like uh, my buddies that have been to Texas before, they're like, the first thing you got to know is don't shoot the first thing you see. Yeah. Just you're going to be squeezing yeah. that trigger. Just breathe. It's well, very tempting. And sure enough, when the sun comes up that first morning, yeah. being from yeah. Florida, I yeah, had to but like I've tried to tell myself. everybody that goes on that kind of a hunt for the first time, yeah, that's what I always tell them every time when you hear the people on TV say it. Do not pass on the first day what you would shoot on the last day yeah. because it's just like the first. I remember it's first time I told you this when we went out west and everything else. You go out on your first elk hunt, and in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to shoot this big six-by-six six monster, blah, 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 That'd blah. That'd be me. <laughs> and by about the third day, you're forked horn, whatever's legal. Yeah, it's Anything. on. <laughs> Anything. Anything. That spike is looking pretty delicious by now, so I'll go ahead and just whack him while I can. Well, now, this was – you were out there for – was it a week? Actually, uh, yeah, about four days. Four days? Four days. It's uh, just Thursday to Sunday. Um, went with a neighbor. He's a plumber. So we went out there. He's he's been going out there for years. It's a ranch called Bar None. Right. I don't know if you guys get free shout outs, but no, that's they, all right. they're, they're awesome. So were you hunting Senderos or were you in a box, uh, box. four way Senderos or yeah. were you we're in a we're in a couple boxes. I mean the, the property it's all low fence and open, wide open. They're all I mean they're into the oil, they're into the gas, they have wind turbines on the property. Yeah. And it's just a huge operation. I think it's like fifty six, fifty eight thousand acres. Which so, makes it uh, yeah. mid-sized, it, it, <laughs> exactly for Texas. Well, but it also <laughs> makes it where I don't want to say it's easier, but it, those deer out there are used to seeing lots of trucks, human beings, petroleum smells, all that stuff, banging noises, things they, working they at night, and well, they don't care. They don't care. You don't have to go out there with your carbon suit on and everything else <laughs> like that, and and be able to shoot you know three hundred yards down a Sendero. You got. A twenty-five out six, you got a pretty good day going, you know. Yeah. So yeah. now you turn around. You were hunting management deer, or were you hunting a little bit the biggest of both. thing? A little bit of both. Well, well, well I wouldn't call a management deer in Florida, but correct out there, like, that's, <laughs> that's a cold buck. I'm like, that is a county record in Florida. <laughs> well, uh, there may have been there may have been a really big deer shot up at my house last weekend. Uh -huh. um, we had been seeing a humongous ten point that the neighbors had. I hadn't seen them, and then word in the Word in the area is somebody maybe shot or shot at the biggest buck they've ever seen, and he was he was right there at the house. Really? Um, so, but you haven't seen it yet. Nobody's have, uh, nobody's seen it. Nobody's since. Claimed, claimed it. it. No one's claimed it and cleaned it. So, so God, that sucks. That sucks. Um, we'll 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 see. But uh, you know, it, it's what we perceive as big is not always big to others. And in the state of Florida enacted. Uh, some management goals for the deer to protect the year and a half old deer and really give them a chance to to get a little bit bigger both body and antler and in the state of florida i i mean i don't know what your opinion is but i i just like it in pennsylvania when they did the same thing it's just amazing when you give that deer just one more year mm -hmm. how much what safe? the difference is in in what you see and it is it's just incredible what giving that deer one year would do that's the another part of sitting out there and and being able to watch that many deer in all different ages and, and really kind of understand the the science the, of 
aging deer and, and really seeing how old they are, looking at the body, well, looking at the neck, looking at everything. Well, and it's like I've joked with you about that new piece of property. You'll start, like for me, you'll start seeing stuff and you see those spikes and the four points and all those that back in the day you would see them and you'd kind of get a little, yeah. you know, and you're thinking, you're like you just said, you're looking at that year and a half old deer thinking, Gum, he's a year and a half old. He's already a six point. Now, Hope he what, makes it. What, what's he going to be next year when he's two and a half years old or three? And, and yeah. if he makes it, yeah. Well, I'll give you some little science when we come back from break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford. It's Braden, Jonathan, Bill, and now Nick hanging out with us this morning at the Wild Game Dinner out here on Dover. In Dover, out on the uh, Sydney Road, we invite you to come on out. Uh, the food's going to get out here and get get underway at about three o'clock. Plenty of time to come out, plenty of room, bring the kids. It's absolutely free. Lots of food. You will not leave this place hungry. I guarantee it. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live out here in Dover this morning. Thank you so much for getting up early and joining us. We appreciate you uh, tuning in for sure. Remember, if you ever miss the show, don't worry about it. It's all good. You can always go check out the uh, podcast. You can go to bigandwild.com, and there's a link we have right a real there. Real good IT guy. Where's a wine shirt? Yeah, no, it's, if you want past shows, doing that. you put on there. You click on the uh, past shows, and you can listen to it live right there, or you can go to all the other places yeah, we got diego wearing hawaiian shirts uh, uh, yeah well, that's what we need diego and hawaiian shirt i gotta get diego one <laughs> itunes stitcher all those other places where you can find them that kind of thing we're all there uh we're all over the place so uh you never have to be without us we miss you uh we're out here in dover hanging out with nick and uh, bill george and jonathan this morning eating a little biscuits and gravy with some beckon that they brought out for us so that we don't follow all over ourselves and pass out from lack of food yeah but before the break, we were talking a little bit about your deer that you got out there in uh, Texas. Beautiful place. And everybody always says the same thing when it comes to Florida deer. And Bill George had a great point before we went to break about giving it another year or two years or any of that other stuff. But what we've talked about this on the show a million and a half times. Genetically, if you go across the, the uh, longitude of the state of Florida with South Texas, we're almost on the same exact plane. And the deer grow the same exact rate and everything as they do in South Texas as they do in Florida. That's been proven by a biologist and everything else. There is no real difference. As Nick just pointed out, the deer you shot, how much did it weigh? 105 pounds. 105 pounds. The biggest deer I've ever shot in the state of Florida was 165 pounds, eight point. 180 for me. 180. So body-wise... That's not the issue because they're the same size body-wise. You see, the, you see those on Tecamani, you know, we all see the shows, these big, giant, movie grandy deer running through no, there. The and, is, and the problem And they weigh 160 yeah. pounds. But they got a huge, giant rack. Well, you've got a 160-inch rack sitting on top of a 150-pound deer. I and mean, it, that's – And it's nutrition that's the difference. That soil out there in Texas, uh, that that red rock, that red clay, that caliche, that mix, that that loamy soil that they have out there, 
produces a lot of nutrition in the things that those deer eat. And, and that's you, why we've talked about it with Jonathan, how important it is to, if you got a piece of private land, how you should be supplementing those deer and getting that antler growth if that's what you're looking for, and body and fawn growth. Uh, well, we, the body, the thing about it is, and this is one thing, like I said, and I joke, I harass, me and Bill always harass each other when I say you manage the deer, and of course he says you can't manage the deer. Their body dictates what happens with their horns. I don't exactly. Care, I don't care what anybody says. The least amount of stress, and I've learned this, the least amount of stress that you can put on that animal, the better off, the better his horns are going to be, period. Well, uh, that and nutrition. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. we've said it on the show. Everything in this state grows on glass. I mean, we're, we're on a sandbar. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. are. We, I mean, my son, we were standing outside of a building the other day, and he's kicking the ground. He goes, Dad, why is there so much sand out here? I said, man, where do you live? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, he goes, well, how far do you dig down before you find dirt? And I said, if you dig down too far, you find limestone, and yeah. that's it. You don't – it's sand, 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 sand. Or you sand, hit water. And, and, and limestone. And uh, so, nutritionally, our deer, the only difference is is – the lack of the certain minerals and things that they need to produce larger antlers. That's it. And Bill George will tell you, out there where he is, that 10-point running around out there is probably living the highlight of a lot of little agricultural areas out there, a lot of things that he can munch on and eat on and hide in to be able to grow a very nice 10-point rack. Polk County, where do you always see these ginormous monster deer taken out of the state of Florida? FWC alone, I remember when they did their assessment one year, literally came to us and said, you would not believe the deer that we see running around in Polk County. I mean, monsters. Mm -hmm. Monsters running around that you would think stepped out of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And the reason why? All that agriculture, all that growth, all that stuff. stress. Everything. And they're all relaxed. and They're growing and they're chasing chicks when they want to and all that stuff. And they have an opportunity to do it. And for so many years, so many years, we as Floridians and people who hunt in the management areas, you know, we, you know, that old saying in Florida, you know, if it's brown, it's down. Well, when uh, I started hunting it's here, ki- it kills a buck, it. A buck had to have one inch of antler. That's right, sticking above the hairline. That's it. You know, and and then it and then it went to the five inches, and, and that that was an improvement. And what they're doing now, you you got people who. They don't care about antlers, just, you know, whatever. Right. And and you got other people who want antlers, but their goal was to protect that year-and-a-half-old deer. And to get them in some of that thing where it, if it had 10 inches of main beam, then you could take it, and and their, their thing. Which is hard for the layperson to point out in their mind if it's standing 80 yards or 90 yards or 200 yards away. Correct. I mean, it, Correct. As, as Nick said – you know, those guys out in Texas, they do that for a living. They grow those deer for a living. They can look at a deer over their shoulder at a glance and go, yeah, he's two years old. Let him walk. Listen. Or he's a three-year-old. Give him one of the year. I mean, I can tell you, if you turn around, even where I used to hunt up uh, and we had the lease up, by, uh, like Pan, you turn around, I didn't see a deer for that long of a time to almost grade them, okay? It's thick. It's 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 I. I hunted a natural funnel, and the deer just naturally just would be moving through there. But I would have just a little bit of time to be able to see well, whether or not he was legal and to shoot him. Yeah. Okay? Out there in Texas, you may watch that deer for 
four or five minutes. and you Or can, longer. Or longer. And you could actually turn around and sit there and evaluate them. And in some of these areas that you have these open areas, you have it's easier to do that than in 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 our wild Florida. We we're hunting a jungle. Well, uh, that, that's true. There's a big difference. Now that deer that you got, Nick, is did they consider that a management buck or is that a No, that was that was a good buck. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's got some get, long tines on him and for stuff. For sure. And there are some monsters like we were talking about, Great. Like they get well over one sixty out there. But the the other management buck that I shot was it was busted up. He wasn't running does anymore. He was they were saying well, six or seven years old. One thing about the buck, the your trophy buck though, yeah. you can tell age. And this is an argument that I get into. And like Bill said, one thing that I like, and I say this to people who come on our property, three on one the the three on one side yeah. to talk like what you're saying. If you have to make a snap judgment, we have people who've hunted with us when we start quality managing in the deer is well i can't sit there and look at their rack and tell and like me and dad would always say to him if you can see three points on that main beam on one side shooting do what I you mean, gotta do in the state That's of right. florida if you can see if you can clearly see that shooting because nine times out of ten he's either going to be a slick eight or a nine or have a kicker could somewhere. be a seven exactly. or, yeah could be a wonky or six a, yeah there you go or on the other side if he's a jacked up on the other side right. you're probably not going to want him in the herd breeding a doe anyways I, so. i've done that i I'm in missouri i'm sitting there and you see a deer all of a sudden one minute you're looking and there's nothing there and you turn back and he's moving through at a, at a quick pace and you kind of go one two three four bang yeah i mean it's like you count them in your mind it's like just you see one side i see a brow bam, time and three I mean, ground yeah, check it's done <laughs> it's even quicker yeah. like to your point like i was sitting upper hillsborough in archery this year and i had you know, about 60 70 yards all i had time to do was 30 seconds, not even talking, before these three deer passed right through the clearing. I had 30 seconds to kind of range it, realize I'm not going to take a Hail Mary at it, but kind of like admire the little buck that was pushing them. You're talking like a six-inch spike. Yeah. And you're not shooting that regardless. It, it, but I, I, You know, I really – I'm glad to see not only the FWC and everybody else, but it's the attitude in the woods that has changed. Because when I was a young kid growing up here, and I, I'm serious, you know, when they used to have the – Every check station at every management area was manned. You know, we'd come out of Gulf of Hammock. You come out of Gulf Hammock, there'd be 12 trucks sitting there. And, of course, you, you're talking with everybody else. And, you know, how'd you guys do? And I had a hog. You know, my kid shot this or whatever. And you look in the back. And, and, I mean, dude, they were like little tiny spikes and deer. And you're just like going. Even then, you're looking at them going, why, why would you shoot that, man? Why wouldn't you give that a little more? And it's an old joke to Jeff Fox where they always said, he goes, you know, when you lean over the Look truck. Look that goes, one. Did, you, did his mama run off when you shot him? You know, wow, he still got his spots. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I, I used to see it, and it's the truth. And I remember when they implemented it into Missouri before Texas even thought, I mean, Florida even thought about it. And every time the FWC would ask for my opinion in a survey, I would say, copy Missouri. Copy what they're doing in Missouri. Copy what they're doing there with the limits and with the antler restrictions and everything else. And it's been years, and it took years and years and years before they finally went, you know, maybe it's time. You know, people are starting to ask for this a lot more, and people want to see this a lot more. And you got people like Bill George or Jonathan who's got small little areas of land that they either live on or that they go to. Some have larger, some have smaller. But they also want that to be deer-friendly. I remember his new house when Bill moved in there, how much effort and things that he did out there, not to improve it just for 
looks or anything else, but also for the wildlife that, that hung around there before he got there. So, I mean, uh, I think that anybody who would do that, if you're going out to the country, you want to make sure that everybody's happy in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? So that's what I say. If you get the opportunity, if you've got a lease, a small lease, even a small chunk of land on the, well, on the northern end of little, Lakeland, put a, can, put a mineral block out there. Put something out there. Help those deer out. Well, and you can do little. It's not you don't have to bring in heavy equipment and all that. There's little simple things like me and Bill have joked about it. Just going out there and bush hogging lanes and doing things like that. Sure. You'd be amazed Getting at what. Getting fresh growth. Good. Yeah. Get the old woody stuff out. Get some fresh growth. Well, just to let, to let them be able to move around. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Or if you're like Nick, just go out and mow your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We're broadcasting live out here at Countryside Baptist Church. Today is the day of the Wild Game Dinner. It starts at 3 o'clock. Lots of great food. We'll tell you more about it when we come back. It is the Big and Wild brought to you by Brandon Ford.